Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you're listening to the special segment of Charlie's Corner, hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Welcome to today's podcast. Our guest today is Joan Fletcher. Joan is a certified leadership coach, corporate trainer, facilitator, and speaker with 30 plus years of expertise. She received her coaching education and training from Georgetown University's leadership program and the credentials of professional certified coach from the International Coaching Federation. Her blended background provides depth of knowledge and expertise to add value in projects involving alignment of human capital and problem solving, emotional intelligence, performance management, decision making, goal setting, change management, and leadership development. Joan also developed the Leadership Evolution Program to help senior leaders become the leaders they envision themselves to be. This in-depth program guides participants through a five-step self-awareness methodology that provides the content, practical experience, and the learning individuals need to raise their emotional intelligence, retain and implement their learning, and transform culture by becoming a more effective leader. She also designed the Connecting Future Leaders Program, a leadership mentoring program for women professionals. It focuses on increasing the number of women in high-level leadership positions and supporting emerging leaders as they increase their leadership skills. Man, Joan, that's impressive. Great to have you. Thank you, Charlie. I am looking forward to talking with you today. So thank you for inviting me. So we're going to be talking today about leadership. So right out of the gate, when you look back, can you compare and contrast the qualities of a good leader versus those of a great leader? So um, a colleague of mine years ago wrote this great book. It was Fail Safe Leadership. And his entire premise was that a really great leader was a leader that got results. And at the time when that book came out, I really believed it. I mean, I really thought that if you were a leader that got great results, then you were in that top layer of phenomenal leaders. But then there's been a lot more research, especially over the last 10 years, coming out of the leadership circle, which is one of the top leadership research entities globally. And one of the things that they have done is they have defined 18 competencies that the most exceptional leaders have. And I find that when I work with leaders, they know very little about the leadership research out there. And so they love to hear about what are these 18 competencies. And I wonder how I can find out which ones I don't have and which ones are the most important to being an extraordinary leader. And so that's a lot of the work I do every day with leaders is help them uncover blind spots, figure out which ones they are not using in their own leadership and adding that to their their skill set so they can quickly find out how much it impacts in a very good way the quality of their leadership. What they have found over the last five, six years is that leaders that use their mind, you know, are very analytical in their leadership and leaders that use their mind and their heart. So they have a real relationship. They know how to build connections. Connections are important to them. So those leaders that have both that mind and that heart together, those are leaders we all want to follow. 
And so it's a combination of things to make that leader that inspires you and you remember the rest of your life. Yeah, good leaders demonstrate empathy, get good active listening skills, good communication skills. They have managerial competence, charisma, accountability, trust, loyalty. I mean, those are the ones that come off the top of my head in terms of the skills that you would want in a really great leader. Absolutely. And some of the top skills on the analytical side is someone that's a very strategic thinker. They're very clear about the purpose of what's being done either in the organization and what's being done in their team and why. And they don't just know it in their head, they're able to articulate it so that other people that are working for them and with them also really understand what they're there for and what they're supposed to be working on. And I don't know if you have many younger people that are working in organizations around you, people in their 30s or their 20s that have started jobs, have been there a few years. And if you start asking them questions like, oh, so give me the big picture of what your part in this project is to the big picture, and they don't know. And it's very hard to be a motivated worker if you're working for a leader that's not making it crystal clear. If you're working in the BMW organization and you're one of their data analysts, do you as a data analyst understand this little finite thing you've been working on for two years? Do you understand what that's connected to and what kind of a difference you're making in your work? That's another big piece of leadership is being clear. Yeah, understanding the why of your position. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a good segue because one of the things that I believe you use in your practice, you describe it as intentional leadership. What does that mean exactly? This is something that I started playing around with many years ago with leaders. When I started my career in leadership and in coaching, I really thought that if you've been a leader for a long time, if you've been someone that's really risen through the ranks and now you're either a senior leader or an executive, part of the executive team, that you would know what your leadership style was and what intention you really wanted to have others see in you as you led. And after hundreds and hundreds of people I worked with, I've only stumbled across a couple leaders that knew it, that understood what their intention was, what their style of leadership was, and how they wanted everyone to see them. This just amazed me. So then I started putting it into everything I do. But think about it this way. If you work for a leader, who isn't sure what they want you to see in their leadership, then you end up working for a leader that's all over the map, depending on the situation. You hear about the leaders that a lot of people are like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to find out today. I wonder what kind of mood my leader's in today. I wonder, <laughs> I'm not going to ask that question now. I'm going to find the right time to ask that question. And I think most of that comes from the leader never having the time, making the time to really define what type of leader they want to become. Because once people have this clear pathway or vision in their mindset, then no matter what is thrown at them, even a pandemic, they're able to show up as the type of leader they want to show up as. And that's very powerful to be the person that you say you want to be. So of what you're describing, I guess, is a lot of people had the desire to improve and be seen differently, but 
it never happened. How do you take that desire and turn it into intention? Well, I think that's one of the most profound things about coaching. I have hired many coaches in my life to work with me in my business and my professional self and my personal self. And I think that that's a really powerful component of coaching because it slows you down enough that you can really think through what is it that I want? What is it I want out of the coaching session? And as coaches, we work really hard to get from the individual, even if a corporation hires us, to get from the individual what they would really like to see change, what they would like to see happen in their career. And once you start digging into that, then many times the client comes up with great strategies, maybe with a little tweaking from a coach. Well, what if you measured that every day? A little bit of structure maybe to it. If the client is into structure, if structure would help them. That's really what happens. Think about it. We've all heard about people that they really want to buy a house or buy a new car or go to college, but they still don't put any money away. So you have to figure out what you really want, and then you have to have a plan to make it happen. Now, when you look at middle managers, they're in leadership roles, but they're kind of managing up the organization and they're managing down the organization. So what's your advice to them when you're talking about leadership, intentional leadership, and what they need to do to flourish in those jobs and those middle manager positions? I think a lot of it is similar, right? We really believe that if you get a couple leaders together and you make time for them every month to talk about their own leadership with each other, that their leadership really improves. So there's a lot of things organizations can do to really target the managers and support them and help them grow their leadership skills. Now, if you were going to advise listeners that want to increase intentionality of their own leadership, what would you suggest to get them started? So I think there's a lot of different things that leader can do. One thing that I would encourage them to do is see if your organization pays for coaching. There are so many leadership coaches out there and many, many, many of them are outstanding. At my company, we have 10 leadership coaches. And one of the reasons we've put them together is that we have a range of ages of genders, of beliefs, cultures, so that we can really match up people to the coach that they want. So I encourage anyone who wants to get a coach to whatever you do, make sure you interview the coach and it's someone that you really connect with somehow because you will do better with someone that you have good connection with. The other thing is reading books. Like I said, there's so many books. I've been amazed my whole life. Like I can pay $25 for a book and I get that person's best and greatest ideas of their lifetime for $25. I mean, it's like such a deal. So pick up a book that resonates, the topic resonates with what you're trying to grow. The other thing is if your organization ever does any 360s, or if your coach could do a 360 so that you could uncover the blind spots, many times leaders I start working with they have figured out on their own what they need to work on. And then we do a 360 and it's like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be working on this. That didn't even come up as an issue. I should be working on this instead. So once again, making sure that what you're working on is beneficial. And just an idea to share with a leader out there or a manager that's listening that isn't sure they can get coaching or anything that costs money would recommend that you think about two or three leaders early in your life 
that really made an impression on you. In fact, they made such an impression on you that you notice at times that you're trying to sound like them or you're trying to lead like them or you're trying to manage like them. Make a list of the characteristics that you saw in those two or three leaders. And then once you get that list of characteristics, circle the ones that really resonate with you, that you would like others to see in your leadership. And then you have a jumping off place. This happened with a leader last week. One of their big things was they wanted to have a team that had fun. Well, they wanted more humor. And the leader said to me, but I'm not a funny person. Well, okay, so how could you possibly get more fun going in your team if that's not your strength? So brainstormed a lot of ideas and the leader was moving forward with two of the ideas. Like one idea was they have a team member that's hysterical on their team, great sense of humor, pranks, things like that. So the leader was gonna connect with them and see if they could plan some monthly activity that would really be different than happy hour. It would be something that was more fun. So they're already lining up activities to do each month of the year. Whatever it is, know what it is you want to create and then figure out how you can make that happen. So my guess is this leader, a year down the road, is going to start hearing things about, oh, I love this team, it's so much fun. Or I look forward to this event every July because it was so much fun last year. I'm so glad we're doing it again. Whatever you set your intention on, you're probably going to find out that that's coming up again and again by other people. And that's a good indicator that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and I like the, the, the role model part about looking at the leaders you've had over your lifetime and picking out the best attributes or the attributes that you want to make of yourself. Yeah, you know, many times these leaders are like a parent. One of the leaders in my life, most influential, is my grandmother. I've often had clients that one of their leaders is someone that they have followed in history. Like I've had several leaders say Abraham Lincoln, and they've read everything written on him. That still works great, because what were the main characteristics that you think were most amazing about Lincoln? So it's a good activity. How does the intentional leadership help leaders implement and manage diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that companies of all shapes and sizes are seeing these yeah. days? Whether it's diversity, whether it's politics at the organization, whether it's a pandemic, whatever it is, the leader who knows how they want to show up and how they want to be seen has this go-to that I worked with a leader before the pandemic, it was probably like seven years ago, the CEO of this organization. He had a diversity and inclusion issue come up and just was like out of the blue. It had been going on for a couple of years. He had lost two employees over it and they had never told him why they had left. So when he found out about it, he was like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want something like this to happen on my watch. Well, what really helped that leader is he was always known as someone who was very open to listen and also very calm. So he was then able to use his listening and his calm skills to find out even more research of what had been going on in the organization on this floor that he didn't know about. And he ended up firing two people. He didn't wanna do it. Those employees had been very productive, but they were at the base of this whole issue. When the board and everyone was like, how can you be so sure and take these actions? And he was like, 
because I've done a lot of research, I've listened and interviewed about 50 people within the organization, and this is what needed to happen. And he stopped having people leave. Again, he was calling on and using his strengths. And I think if we're not clear on what our strengths are and what we're so good at doing, then we react with the moment. Just knowing your intention and knowing how you want people to see you will really help the leader stick to a path and be as strong of a leader as they possibly can be during these times. And I agree, the leaders of companies today have just a whole host of things that they have to deal with. Another one of those that's from the pandemic is what many call the great resignation. You know, now some are calling it the great regret. I guess that's one of the new terms because a lot of people leave and then they regret leaving the old jobs. But what do you think's behind the great resignation and how do great leaders deal yeah. with that? I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that because that's been impacting many of the organizations I work with, although not all. The organizations that have that I work with that are known for their really amazing culture, one organization has had no one resign. Culture, once again, is huge. And that's, as a leader, knowing what you want your culture to be, and then being the leader that creates and maintains that culture. But with the great resignation, I think a lot of people through the pandemic, I think all of us, we realized certain things that were really important in our life that we have loved during this slower paced time, or at least getting rid of our commute time and using it for things we prefer. I've heard everything from spending more time with kids, spending more time with yourself, being able to exercise during those hours instead of sit in a car. I mean, I've heard so many things. So I think that prompted a lot of people to leave what they believed were part of the source of making sure they couldn't have that life they wanted. I think there are some people that regret those decisions. I feel like that is one of the reasons that leaders can really be helped by being very intentional about their leadership. I think, again, most leaders, many, many leaders out there, they haven't taken the time, and I know good reasons why they haven't, but they haven't taken the time to define what they want their leadership to convey, what they want their leadership to produce, and how to make it happen. So people are resigning. We know that leaders that lead from the heart, that have empathy, that really want to know how you're doing, it's much harder to lead that job and that leader than it is to leave the leader that has never given you the time of day or has given you the time of day, but it's been a real negative way. Leaders have it hard. I, I don't think there's a harder profession in the world. I mean, as a leader, you've got to manage whatever is happening. And right now, like we both said, this is such uncertain time and leaders are constantly being thrown into, well, I've never done this before. So you have to have something to hang on to. And if you know that you want to show up this way as a leader, then even in that new historical situation, you can show up that way as a leader. I'll just share one quick story. And that is a leader at the beginning of the pandemic that I knew, CEO of a large tech organization. He's always been very transparent with his executive team and with all the leaders and the employees. So two weeks into the pandemic, after they've been locked down two weeks, he made a point to go on Zoom and do an all company briefing. And in that briefing, he laid out specifically, we're not going to lay off anyone right now. But if this would go on 
where we were not able to do any work for our clients for the next three months. Then we're going to do a round of layoffs, and it's going to involve these and these and these departments. You know, he got a lot of flack because other leaders were like, you can't say that. My gosh, it's going to be a mass exodus. Well, he found the opposite. He found that it just lowered everyone's anxiety level because he was just saying, this is what would happen. So he maintained his transparency as a leader through the entire pandemic. And when he did end up making just a few layoffs, it was only a few. He was a year later than what he predicted. He talked to his, all the staff every Friday morning. And he just always said, I'm telling you where I'm at right now and where the organization's at right now. If it changes, it'll be because of the situation changed. And so he had great support from all the people in the company because they trusted him. So it's just powerful to be upfront, but with empathy. Well, Joan, this has been a fantastic discussion. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to contact you? The best way is either to find me on LinkedIn because I'm a very frequent contributor, writer, etc. So you can find me under my name, Joan Fletcher, or under the company, winningwaysinc.com. Another really good way is to go through the website. We get a lot of requests through our website. We watch those messages every day. We will get back to you very quickly. All right. Thank you, Charlie. This is one of my favorite things to talk about is leadership. So thank you. Well, thank you very much, Joan. It was great. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner, brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast. <music>